All right, how's it going, Lee? Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. It's a crazy week again, once again. I know, and it's only Friday. Uh, back to back. Can you believe it? It's uh, no, well, yes and no, but that's uh, 2020 so far. It's 2020 full year of surprises. Of year of clear and... vision. <laughs> You've been saying that since the middle of 2019. Looking forward, you had so many hopes and dreams for 2020. I was looking forward to 2020, actually. Right? It looked like it was going to be a good year, and then I think it still could potentially be a good year, depending on who you are. And I know we're recording this after um, much of the riots and protests um, have kind of waned. I mean, they're still there. There's a lot of funeral processions for George Floyd. Um, the gentleman, um, the African-American gentleman or black gentleman that was... Um, killed in the last two weeks um by a white officer in minneapolis Minneapolis, yeah and um there was uh quickly some uprising throughout the united states buildings were on fire um police precincts were on fire um affordable housing uh businesses were were um, broken into items were stolen or, or merchandise and whatnot. So there's been a lot of um, upheaval and unrest in the United States. Not to um, mention people have been killed in the process of people have been some of these beaten events. and killed um, on both sides. I would say you know officers as well as the rioters, protesters. And I don't. I'm not trying to lump in the rioters and rioters and protesters together. Um, I think there's still some murkiness with some of that i mean we can definitely um, point out you know where the protests are that are peaceful and that are um, raising their voices um, in what they believe are injustices and um, certainly there's there's a strong case case to be made um, but also some of the officers are being hurt in this um, unrest so there's just a lot of um yeah, there's a lot of anger and resentment and um, not to mention also we're in the middle of a pandemic, allegedly. Still <laughs> there's, going on. There's still some debate or some would argue there may no longer be a debate about that. There's just a lot of questions. A lot around. of questions. That's right. And so, you know, something also uh, that's interesting about all, all these riots and whatnot, looting and all that is um, the discussion around like gun rights and, you know you know, self to the right to self-preservation and the right to protect oneself. And so I know we've had some discussions around firearm um, safety and as well as firearm, um, you know, potentially purchasing a firearm myself. So that's of, of high importance um, as, as relates to like protecting my family. Obviously there's a lot of like thought that needs to go into this and, I need to make sure the the wife is on board. We're having our first child soon, so it's not like I can just go out and buy a firearm. Like I can go buy uh, some M and M's at the store. So it's uh, very important to be sure that it's the right decision for all of us. Um, and we do live in an apartment, so that kind of makes things a little more in- difficult. So I don't know. I just feel like I'm venting in a way right now are, are you venting i feel like i am that's what this is all right yeah i think we, today might just be eventing like <laughs> our frustrations uh the just the struggles that we see around us and thoughts and questions thoughts and, and questions <clears throat> and just some of the 
some of the decisions, questionable decisions that have been made by our government across the board from city to um, state to, you know, federal. federal. Um, no one is perfect. And no one is um, unhypocritical. Non-hypocritical. Nobody is anti-hypocritical. Immune from hypocrisy. Yes, that's correct. So, I don't know. It's it's been it's been interesting. I told you the other day. I was like very emotional. I forget what day it was. I um, went to work or attempted to. Everything was like boarded up at this point. I believe they had barricades. They were protesting and whatnot. It wasn't like L.A. You know, there's nothing or other major uh, metropolitan cities around the United States. But I don't know. It was interesting. I was driving back and I was listening to um, that song, Oh Holy Night. A Christmas song? Yeah. It's a Christmas song. How did that happen? I don't know. I, I feel like to me, like it just, it still, it still rings. It, it rings true to me. Like no matter what day or season it is, mm-hmm. there's something that it, something about that song speaks to me. So, I was like listening to it and I think it was after I got off the freeway to, to get to my apartment and I just like started bawling, like just like bawling, like the one where you like, like an ugly cry kind of, Yeah. Yeah. It was like an ugly cry. And I was like, I don't know why I'm, this is happening. It's just like unprovoked in some sense. <laughs> and even just like that night when I was trying to go to bed and like, same thing, I was listening, I was listening to the song and just really in my feelings and, I think at that point, I realized that, uh, uh, or rather, a strong um, feeling of love came over me, oddly enough, I would say. And for anyone that's on uh, Instagram connection of mine, will have seen my last um, story where I said, good night, love you all. Because at that point, it kind of like was stuck in my head, I guess you could say my consciousness and of my soul. And I realized at that point, like there's, there's nothing I can say. Um, to there's there, my opinion at this point is not necessarily matters. And we were talking about before we started the podcast that like, what can we say? Like, how are we going to contribute to the conversation? Right. It's just, it's, it's very touchy. So I realized that, there's nothing that I can say. So I started looking to the scripture to figure out what, what does scripture say? And yeah, it's just that to me, like we've had these discussions. I know last week we were recording and I think you brought up like Ephesians. I forget um, where exactly. And then it was like, everything we were trying to say was like summed up in like five or six verses. And like, Obviously, we can be what Ephesians is it? four. It was Ephesians believe, four. Yeah, and you know we can definitely be um, conscious of of He who is good, the logos, um, God, and we can be in that. Um, we can have that connection, but also like we can look to scriptures, right? Because that was all inspired by God as well. So. I don't know what else to say, but I'm, I'm sure I have a lot more to say. I don't want to like do like an hour here, <laughs> just like me rambling either. No, you don't. 
<laughs> you don't want to be the. I don't want to be that guy. That guy. <laughs> no, it's um. I think at some point. Everybody hits their wall of being emotionally exhausted or being mentally exhausted because, mm-hmm. uh, at least for me, uh, every day the narrative changes or every day the response changes or just in talking to the same people I talk to day in and day out, um, you know, their thinking changes, my own thinking changes, changes, and uh, like you said, like that's not that's not a very easy thing to navigate. Like you're saying, especially when there's stories of people that they have no clue what's going on. You know, people think, Oh, a black man got shot by the police again. And that's not what happened. People think that I've heard of people's stories, interactions with coworkers or what have you zoom meetings where, yeah, some people are, are very much, uh, they have a, a a few steps back from I don't know what to call it the current events current events campfire and um, so yeah I mean people's people's emotions are being st- stirred up and that's normal you know um, like I said people are finding out more and more facts of the story and you know how so-and-so reacted or so-and-so said this and um that's crazy the drew the drew Brees, the drew Brees stuff yeah what do you think about that i mean people have a good point you know as far as like he's entitled to his opinion but then when somebody else said something else that you know Ed Reed, right? Was it Ed Reed specifically? I think... Or just it was voices? Well, the one I heard was... Uh, I don't know the lady's name. Oh, the ES- ESPN anchor? Was the anchor? No, no, no. It was somebody else. But it, it had to do with them criticizing LeBron for something to the effect of, like, shut up and dribble. It wasn't her that said it. It was somebody else. And then she reiterated the point. And then so... When this whole Drew Brees thing happened, she came off as saying, well, he's entitled to his opinion, and, you know, that's how he feels about the flag and this and that. And so people were kind of taking her to – and I think LeBron jumped on it too. And it's funny, though, because, like, it's – isn't that funny how that – I mean, I guess it's not funny, but it's interesting how that works where – why is it that some voices are much more easily welcomed than others? I don't know if that has to do with like charm. That has to do with some level of likability or um, relatability, maybe. I don't know. Because they were saying like with with Drew Brees, they were saying he's actually very likable and he's done a lot for the community of New Orleans and Louisiana, you know, area, and uh, he's actually put them on the map. He's put that team on the map and. He's always supported his teammates, and then uh, a buddy of mine sent me the like a it was like a post, I guess. Yeah, it was a post of him saying, you know, I I don't agree with anybody that disrespects the flag, and so on and so forth. You know, because there's both of his grandparents fought in the Second World War, 
And then the the post, the picture, it's him kneeling with his teammates. And I'm assuming this is what this was the same year as Kaepernick, maybe the year after Kaepernick. I'm not exactly 100% sure, but they're kind of, they're kind of drawing the line of like, well, what does he actually mean? Because he said he wouldn't dis- disrespect the flag, and then it's a, there's a picture of him kneeling. So it's interesting that. Do we know the context? Why he kneeled? The time and place, yeah. Well, it was during it was during the NFL's was, yeah the, the national anthem and all that yeah okay so yeah it's, it's that's what I'm saying is like it's interesting that some I wouldn't say some opinions I'm looking more at not not no, I'm not looking at the opinion necessarily I'm looking more at not the message but the the uh, messenger okay. kind of plays it kind of plays a role too in all this. Whether that's warranted, whether that's fair or not, because with LeBron, um, he responded and you know in kind with what I think she I think she's a news analyst or political analyst I forget but anyway so he respo- responded in kind and the comments <laughs> the comment section of of all that was right away straight to jail <laughs> kind of I mean it brought up the whole China thing with LeBron. And how he had his take about, you know, China's going to do what they do, the U.S. is going to do what they do, and people calling him hypocrite, and, you know, how can you you have a take of, of right now, because it's in the United States in regards to social justice, quality, what have you, but when it comes to your Nike contract or your NBA contract that has a lot of stakes in China, a lot of stake in China, a lot of, you know, m- money's coming in from China, that all of a sudden that justice doesn't matter on the other side of the world because, well, it's not our government, it's not our people, it's not our place to say something, to have an opinion, what have you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, LeBron is a he is a bit of a polarizing figure. He's very, he's very well-liked, but he's also disliked. Um, no, I don't know. I just, I don't know, maybe... Maybe we can simmer on that a little bit because I know, like I said, tensions are high and people have questions and whatnot. But for me, it's it just, funny because, yeah, I forgot about seems LeBron like, being so divisive, too. Yeah. Like, and Drew Brees isn't. Yeah. And that's Drew the Brees thing. Isn't. Yeah, that's right. So, because there was a lot of a lot of strong reactions to Drew Brees. And I, I told you, you and Pastor Liceo, how at work I had to watch <laughs> five minutes worth of ESPN and it, and it overlapped over two shows and they both covered Drew Brees. And I told you guys, it felt like I'm watching The View for Men. Or, yeah. I'm like, we're getting lectured big time right now. And it wasn't just ESPN, because then I had to I had to put it on Channel 2 for, for CBS at some point. It was Dr. Phil. And same thing. It was like, oh, all right, we're getting lectured again about how to behave. Because we're, we're uh, children in a lot of ways. And so we need somebody to guide us like TV personalities mm. and yeah, sports and commentators. And I mean, not that they don't have good points here and there, but I mean, ultimately I think we, we have better conversations with one another when it's with somebody, you know, yeah, you know, that's so true. Yeah. It's interesting about this whole behavior, right? I think that a lot of the, these discussions are around behavior or, I guess I don't know if behavior is the right choice. Um, 
the right word for that or for what's going on right now. But I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways it's behavior, like how you act out in the world. Right. Right. And I think that's the, like you're saying, do we want to just listen to these talking heads, give us these lectures about what they think and or, or what these networks think, because it, it sort of is in, in line with what the networks think in a way, you know, I think, I think Monica was telling me that my wife was telling me that, um, who was it? Someone left um, this, and like speaking of like the view, it's, it's another one similar to that. One of them left because she she knew she couldn't say what she wanted, so she left. Mm. So, um, same thing happened with Megyn Kelly, right? She she questioned or she basically said like, I forgot something about the this, uh, about black uh, blackface. Um, like um, she said something to the effect of, back in my day when we were young. That was a Halloween costume, and there wasn't anything offensive about it. Right. Whereas today, and then she got kicked off. Right? Was like ABC or something like that. I think it was. And she was like an, a year or two into her contract. NBC. NBC. I maybe? don't remember. Yeah, she was early in the contract, and yeah. they booted her. Um. So yeah, it's like. It's oh, it's so funny because, um. And, and for whatever reason, like to me. For me, it's like con- connecting because we're talking about this prayer. Um, I guess uh, for, with the city for the city, and it, do you want to say which city or just the city? Um, city of Santa Ana, um, in Orange County, and it was it was interesting because yeah, there was nothing like like that. Like it wasn't necessarily like a lecturing, but it was more of like how are we to abide in 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 God and Jesus to be able to enact righteousness on earth. And there's maybe a couple of comments where I was like, okay, well maybe there's some debate about that or a discussion could be had about that. But a lot of it was just, there are a lot of lost souls that are crying out. And right now what we can do as a faith community is go out to meet people where they are, meet them in the streets, not in the, um, what do they call it? The sanctuary. You know, go out into the streets, um, get away from the sanctuary. They mentioned, like, God's telling us to to get out of um, these four walls and meet our community. Go out into the community. Don't just stand up and, and just, like, lecture us. On, it's interesting because that's the same criticism that people have about, like, here's these people that are lecturing us and telling us to be that we're bad people, and yet they're very hypocritical because they're so judgmental, and yet look at their lives. So it's like... In some sense, like I feel like it, that we're having this conversation across the board. It's like you, everyone wants to tell people what to do because we all think we have the answers in a sense, right? Not to like lump everyone in that yeah. discussion, but it's like you know we we're talking about earlier about there was there's hypocrites in certain um, you know with certain state, state governors because it's like you know three weeks later or three weeks before it was COVID and we need to stay home and we need to lock everything down like don't go out. We're going to spread the virus. And then two weeks and then a week later, it's like, or a week ago, it's like, here's all these protests and rioters. And then now they're out walking with them and they're kneeling. And and it's like, what happened to the, to the, to staying at home and, you know, keeping everything locked down. So there's a little bit of that that's happening. You know, it's interesting. I I, I didn't make the connection until you said that. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I haven't referenced it with, with you in our conversations. But it was something that my sister-in-law, Sarah, sent, Grace and I. And it was an interview with Senator Tim Scott. 
of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He was on with uh, Focus on the Family. So I think, I believe that's James Dobson. And uh, they were just asking him, you know, well, this whole thing. And they also had another pastor, uh, Al Pittman, I believe his name is. And they kind of just, because they're both believers. Tim Scott's a, a Christian too. And uh, what they both had like the same kind of idea, the same thought behind as far as how should we act this out? That's interesting. It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't like centered around our words and conversations necessarily, even though that's obviously a part of it. But I believe it was Pastor Pittman that said, we're not do, we're not going to do anything by kneeling and, and asking a black person for forgiveness. If you're white, if you're a white person, he's like, but, if you have acted inappropriately with somebody you know, you know, have you been, you've said something racist, you've, you've said, you know, you've, you've said, or you acted um, in a way that, you know, discriminates against them or personally offends them. He's like, put it on yourself to go and be a part of it. Part of all this is, that's going on, right? This, this um, for a lack of better term, this movement to heal, right the, wrongs. He, right the wrongs, healing, what have you. Like it was interesting that he he kind of just you know said it, it doesn't help or doesn't work just to announce it at a rally that oh I'm going to start behaving you know like the narrative or I'm going to start um, you know treating black people a certain way or, or saying certain things. He was saying, like, no, like, if, if you know that you've offended somebody, if somebody's offended you, you know, scripturally it says to to actually, don't avoid it, don't sweep it under the rug, actually go and, and remedy. Address it. Address it, yeah. yeah. Maybe not, I don't know if conf- confronta- confrontation or confronting the, the person is the right word, the right method, but he he just made it more, with his pastor, he made it more... Center, they made it more real, right? They made it more personal to to what we're seeing, and yeah, I mean, I know we can get more into <laughs> into a general, you know, movement. Which there's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. It's just that, yeah, like you're not really going to feel the effects unless you put yourself out there, or you know you start having these difficult conversations and cause I think it was, um, I think it was Brian Broderson, maybe another pastor too, but they're starting to say, reach out to people that are from a different culture than you, different, mm-hmm. you know, a different uh, demographic and hear just hear them out, just hear what they have to say. And, you know, you may disagree, you may agree on certain things, but, the point is to like start making these connections. And I think it's when those connections happen, these conversations that it, it brings out the humanity, right? It brings out the genuineness, the realness of, of what's actually going on rather than just, like I said, rather than just, well, this is what the news told me to, you know, this, these talking heads, this is what they, they told me to say or to, or this is, this is how I should behave or, you know, and it's cause that's, I mean, I don't know, at least for me anyway, I think that's a lot more realistic. That's not, 
it's realistic. It's not patronizing. There's nothing. I mean, really, like, kind of reminds me of what Jesus said about what you do in secret. Your father will, mm-hmm. right? Like what you what, like, as far as charity is concerned, right? Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So when you're giving, so don't post on Instagram that you gave to. Uh, you don't. Ha- you don't really. You, you, yeah, like you kind of. And then pressure, and then peer pressure other people to do the same. You miss the point, kind of, if that's the case, because (laughs) if you're doing it in like, like I'm saying, like a personal one-on-one conversation, there's actually, um, I wouldn't say there's more to lose, but there's there's more of a there's more of a need for that. We're already we've already been disconnected for so long after three months of quarantine and lockdown, and can't do this, can't go there, and Mm You know, it's it's weird, but when you actually can actually have a conversation with somebody and bring to light, you know, our errors and ask for forgiveness, like that's yeah. I was thinking, I'm like with, with grace, thinking out loud with grace, or talking with grace, like that's that's actually the genuine way to approach this this whole, you know, this whole movement or this whole um, time we're living in, you know, yeah. as we're addressing these problems. Yeah, it's interesting uh, as regards to uh, behavior and and what we're going to do to act on whatever injustice that we see in our personal, um, in our personal relationships, right? Because I think that's where we can make the biggest impacts. It's not going to be on a grand scale. It's um, in the in the little things, right? Mm-hmm. It's in the small day to day instances that we can make the biggest impacts, right? So over time, you know, we make those adjustments to to improve on our relationships um to tend to our family and honor thy father and thy mother do everything we can to repair relationships that that are in our for you know family and friends that are you know quote unquote worthy of of repairing or you know salvageable but also it's interesting um this idea that you know there's this emphasis on, on lives right now. Right. And I don't know if you see that. I forget her name. I probably put, um, pull it up right now, but I think it's on, I see a lot on Instagram, but I'm sure there's on Twitter. There's this, um, young woman. Yeah. Right here. It says here, your 27th birth, uh, born day shouldn't be this way. Hurts like is that a, Brianna Taylor. Um, who is this? Oh, yeah, Brianna Taylor. So I, I believe she was shot by a police officer too, as well. She, yeah, the right EMT well. worker from Louisville. EMT was, worker. Okay. It was her and her boyfriend in their apartment. It was a no-knock raid. They it was a mistaken hold. You know how they mistaken sometimes the address, mistaken identity, and yeah, she ended up dying. The boyfriend, I still believe, is in custody because okay. he shot back at the police because they thought they were getting robbed. Oh wow! Yeah, and this this isn't. Uh, and he's in custody. Yeah, but if it was the wrong house and he's protecting his, that's interesting. You know what's even more interesting that we not not a lot of people know about that. That is really interesting. Was it um, registered firearm? I believe so. Wow. Okay. She See, died. That seems she mean, died, and he didn't. Yeah, that seems to be something to think I, about. I don't believe any officers died. Hmm. 
Maybe they there was an injury. That seems really annoying to think about now. <laughs> There's a lot to consider. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get off. To, I mean, I was trying, on topic. I was, on topic. I, was, but I know. I because I, I okay. That's, that's, real quick, can I just kind of add one more thought yeah. to the whole thing about having conversations? Because for me, as far as um, as far as how do should we approach this? How should we have these conversations? And I just for me anyway, the, what I think is it's a lot easier to have these conversations as a believer, as a Christian when the context of how we're approaching these conversations with others is how it says to consider others better than yourself or more important than yourself and how it's like this whole thing needs to be approached with a lot of delicacy and humility and love and grace and mercy, forgiveness, kindness, basically everything that's in first oh, okay. Corinthians 13. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't even trying to go there, but it that came out. Um, no, yeah, I just, I just think like, how, are they, how are people going to hear you out? If uh, what's your approach, right, to these conversations? Right. What are your intentions? Because these aren't easy conversations to have. Like yeah. everybody has their opinion, <laughs> you know, and um, everybody, everybody has dealt with police before, you know. And some people have nice stories and some people don't, you know, I have a little bit of both myself. And I mean, there's always, a l always, right. There's always two sides to the story. There's always a lot to consider, but ultimately it's how, you know, it's how do you, how do you approach somebody to, with these difficult conversations and but that lens of forgiveness, love and kindness, gentleness, mercy, and, how we've been learning on Bible study about part of the Christian walk is to love mercy, right? How it says, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And we should cry out for justice, but the understanding is how it says that um, vengeance is of the Lord, right? So in, in, that, in that light, because we've been forgiven, then we ought to be also be ambassadors for for mercy. You know, be be somebody that is an agent of grace, and because you've received it, so now that you've received it, you're able to impart that. You're able to give that away or pay it forward, so to speak. Yeah, um, to kind of go back to where this all started for me. As, as regards to like this overwhelming feeling of love like i think that was that was what it like you hit the nail on the head like it was just understanding that i need to impart that on others like just start doing that instead of trying to um add to the conversation and and give my opinion just impart that just just kind of like i guess if you want to imagine this it's kind of like parting of the red sea mm -hmm. like you have both um both opinions both sides kind of just clashing and then Moses comes and parts or God through Moses parts the sea and it's calm right mm -hmm. and it's like God walking you through the storm walking through walking you through the 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 waters and your people right and it's like once you once you've made it across 
the Romans, I believe it was, right? Or the Egyptians. Egyptians. You know, as as they're trying to get through, it's like, boom, the waters are back on, basically. You know, those who had the hardened heart, I believe it was, right? Pharaoh, right. The Pharaoh and his people. So that's interesting, right? And and one thing about leadership also, you know, uh, Pharaoh being the leader was leading his people in, in this in this way, right? With 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 his heart and heart, without obeying he who was good and not obeying God, and yet it was, um, it was a complete and utter refusal to humble himself, to self evaluate, to right, to stop and think. Am I doing the right thing? Is this, are we going down the right path? Or no, I'm just gonna dig in my heels. My have my heels. You know, mm-hmm. is it dig in by the heels? So, sorry, I know I totally like. No, that was I, that, took a I, detour here, but that was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's at, that's. I think that's important to point out because obviously there's a difference in in how we interact with one another and and what are the outcomes of the, of those interactions right and and how how we we do walk humbly before god and then it's like moses and his brother aaron showed what that looked like you know obviously not just them but like i was thinking about um this we and last week about this you know walking with faith and how how important that is to be able to to withstand the storms right so the parable is the the houses that are uh, built on sand or built on the rock the rocks right we're all going to we're all going to deal with the winds and the waters and the rain but are you are is your house aka your life and um principles are built on rock truth on the truth rather or are they built on lies because whether you know or not, the storm is going to come. And that's interesting in the context with Noah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how interesting that is that it took one man to obey faith, to build his life and his house on a rock of tr- that was truth and built him and his family an ark so they can with, with, um, withstand the storms. And everyone who lived their life in lies and didn't repent from that and didn't walk and turn away from that were washed away in the storm. So right now we're going to, and we're seeing, and we, we will always see this, that the, the lie cannot stay in the darkness for that long because the truth will expose it and it will be shine shown to be a lie. I think there's something in scripture that say that I forget the exact that. verse, but, and that totally encapsulates the whole the whole reason for doing that, for having these interactions and these conversations, is that the the lie or the darkness cannot overcome the truth. Right? So in our pursuit of justice, we also have to incorporate truth because without if truth isn't the benchmark guide, the road yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The direction of the roadmap, then you're going to end up in the wrong place where you're going to end up in where you shouldn't be or where you, you didn't intend to be. And yeah, like that's, yeah, I like that. I like that idea that, I mean, it's, 
that's hard in and of itself because then, right, people have my truth or they have their, we all have our biases, obviously. But um, I think when that gets in the way of truth, then like it says, like the truth shall set you free. And when we're not truthful, then that's when a lot of problems arise, right? That's when things get out of hand, so to speak. It's um, the truth is the North Star that guides us. So we know what that, you know, if we're, if we're going the wrong direction, we got to look up. We got to lift our eyes. So is it safe to say once we see the truth or, or discern the truth or see the truth? Like you Accept said, like, it maybe? like it's a, it's a point, right? It's a, it's a reference point. So because you have that reference point, you're able to see everything else for what it is around it. Right. Like that's kind of what's coming to my mind. Yeah. If you don't have this source or this guiding light or this, this section here, then everything else is it's going to cause some kind of distortion. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, if if we were to um, say that everything in Scripture is true and is um, inspired by God, then we can say that the Scriptures is our North Star. It is the standard of of understanding what direction we're on and knowing that we're we're going in the right direction that you're, you were talking about earlier and knowing that if we want to walk the straight and narrow path that the word of God is a light a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path mm-hmm. and it's interesting because what that's saying is we don't need to know everything and there's no way we can know everything because mm. it's it's more than what we can withstand essentially so if you if you bring that into the discussion around like some of these major um like movements it's just it's just so much to deal with you know and people feel fed up and they feel like they can't do anything because it's so grand it's so just ah and we're going by what we see and we're going by what we see rather than what we hear or by yeah what we hear which is really interesting so what Okay, so what I know, sorry, I know I'm I'm like derailing this whole thing again too. But I thought about in our conversations about faith and not walking by sight. I'm almost tempted to say like that's kind of the point of faith is that if we don't have faith, if faith isn't incorporated in our lives, then in essence we're not really being challenged. Hmm. Like you're. Your thoughts, your understanding, your path, the thing, like you said, the your principles are not being like thoroughly challenged. Not that they can't be without, you know, absolutely without faith, but if we're going just based on what we can see and what's evident, right? What's sorry, what's right in front of us, right? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot harder to think, think on, think on those terms. Think in those in those um, in those parameters of like, yeah. Sorry, thoughts and prayers don't mean anything anymore because we are seeing that. Mm, yeah, we we saw that with uh, 
I saw that with some of the reactions to the black squares on Instagram. They're like, oh, that's the 2020 COVID update for thoughts and prayers. And, you know, it's not doing anything. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. Either. That was uh, some the of criticism, the, yeah. some of the people, yeah. Some of the people's reactions, what I saw in some comment sections or what have you videos. Um, you know, oh, something, uh, I forgot where I saw this. I think maybe on Twitter, someone took a screenshot of Kanye's YouTube channel and he, he changed it um, to all white. On the same day? Like on his, Blackout yeah, Tuesday? Like on the banner thing? <laughs> to kind of say, like, I'm not going to follow the I'm trend. Not, like, I'm not following the trend. Or I'm not following. I'm, I'm going to think for myself. <laughs> Such a Kanye move. I, I don't think I would be so bold to have done that. I was tempted to, like, remember I told do you I was like, very tempted to do something off the charts. Well, I mean, I, I understand. You know, like, everyone. Sh- and it was interesting seeing the. Um, the conversation around that because oh don't put this hashtag uh, put this other hashtag because we want to make sure the important voices and the resources right. are this is and that right yeah okay because i i mean i kind of thought about it too where i was like should i post something should i say something should i try and like like i didn't want to do the black circle or it's black circle the black circle <laughs> the black triangle no i didn't want to do the black square because for me, anyway, I was like, I don't get the point. I don't get the idea. Like this, I told you, like I'm seeing this as uh, attack on free speech, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. this isn't helping. It's like conformity. Con- it's conformity, right? Like I just saw it as like, what is this really doing? Like, if I mean, no, I can't say anything against people that did do it. You know, that's their way of showing support, or that's their way of showing like. They care that they care or what have you, um, but for me, when I saw the the, was it, was it you who sent me? The 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 two there was a tweet about in regards to like you said in regards to that and how people were saying, if if you reference the creator or the the guy who came up with the idea of Blackout Tuesday, that wasn't the point. That was the point wasn't for people to just post. A blank square it was to like not buy anything right well i think it was to from what i remember I'm, i could i could have it all wrong here but i thought the idea was and it would i would have been more i guess understanding i don't know but I, it would have made more sense for me from what i took from it was that actually post something post why you appreciate black people or post why they've made a difference in your life or the reasons why it could be, you know, I don't know your fa- your, your most favorite black comedian, black actor, a black artist. Cause I, I think that the origin was a black artist and like he, he kind of wanted to showcase uh, black culture, black excellence. And as, as a means or as a, as a way to, for people to understand, like they're a big part of this country and they're, they're not just people that we should take for granted, take them lightly because, you know, like I said, they're, they're American. Like they're like, that's, I think that's something that, um, I think Larry Elder was it, was it at Larry Elder when he he was on with Dave Rubin and mm-hmm. he said he doesn't like the term African-American because he's never been to Africa none of his culture has anything to do with the continent of Africa. And anyway, that's, that's besides the point, but 
Um, at least that's what I can, what I remember from the the post. I thought I sent it to you. How somebody was saying like, don't put, don't include Black Lives Matter with the Blackout Tuesday because, like you said, like we're using that to share information, and we're using that to get the word out for their events or their demonstrations, what have you. And yeah, I was like, we we're playing telephone here because we missed the message, we missed the mark, we missed the point yep. Yep. of this whole thing. But uh, and now I missed, I missed my point of saying what I was going to say. Don't you love when that happens? Well, it <laughs> happens a lot on here. <laughs> it's it's funny because well, it's 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 important to think about this because you know we. What was it the um the the man that went to God and how was it or is it like a like a random story but basically um it was a, it was about people who were giving right and I think Jesus said that he appreciate he he preferred the person that the poor person that gave everything they had versus like the rich person that gave ten percent or right you know they're they're tithing because that person that had very little gave everything that they did have right. of everything they did own. And that that was more important than, than what someone with so much wealth could give with mm-hmm. 10%. Now think about what we hear today about, Oh, if someone gives a million dollars, that's only really point zero one percent of their entire wealth. And it's like, okay, that's maybe, a, maybe a valid criticism perhaps if, if, it, if, if we're thinking about scripture in that way. But then we think about the challenges of someone that is in, you know, a low income household and, and yet they still don't give either. So it's like, I don't know, right? What what's right and what's wrong in that in that um equation. But yeah, it's just like we want to Oh, as I mentioned earlier that it's interesting how, you know, this whole like everyone's all about lives, right? And we had, I think I had jokingly said over text that, oh, now everyone's becoming pro-life because, you know, we're talking about someone uh, being shot and, um, or murdered and, and now we want to, you know, justify that death essentially. And it's, and it's terrible. And so if, if that line of thinking continues, then, then, then the conclusion is like they're pro, they're, they're for life. They're pro-life. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if we think about everyone giving to different funds that are that are out there and different GoFundMe's a GoFundMe account or um, um, drives and whatnot, that like now now we're forgiving, you know. So it's just inter- interesting to see the 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 leanings towards like what is true, what we find true in Scripture, to be able to to give willingly and voluntarily, but not to let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. And then to to know that the um, the image of God is within every human being, that we all have the breath right. of life. Right. That the, the, even the value of everyone is innately been established by God. Right. That that your racial makeup is sacred because God made it. Right. God's the one that fashioned it and put it together. Um, you know, God, God knew you when he, before you, the, you were, before you, yeah, he left the womb. But yeah, it's in, like, I was talking about giving. It's interesting how like you're saying real quick about the comparison of the, 
the rich person would, you know, give a small percentage of their of their income, their wealth. And in some cases, perhaps a poor person may not. They're not as as uh, generous because they don't. They don't. They're not at liberty. And I was just thinking. I'm like, I think all that comes together, or the 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 remedy for that, or the how do we call it? Yeah, I guess the remedy. I don't know. <laughs> but the answer to that, how do we avoid that? That that uh, stumbling block that I, the idea of the questioning like oh well how much should i give and should i let people know and and it makes sense that in that light it makes sense why the bible says that god loves a cheerful giver so it's almost like you can play the numbers game and and turn it into a competition of well i gave 10 percent, and then your friend who's trying to turn it into a competition missing the whole point altogether why well, gave fifteen percent this time? Like that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter because the point was that you're, like you said, that you're doing it voluntarily. You're doing it out of the kindness, of kindness your of your heart, the your ability, your you know, your freedom, your li- your liberty to do that. And I th- I think that's yeah, that's a big component that is not part of the part of the conversation. I want to say we had this convers we had a, a episode about this um, early giving? on about giving and generosity. Um, we did, yeah. Spotify and iTunes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, catch us outside. Well, how about that? So, if you go um, and and you look at where um, it says to to give, uh, if someone is need, is lacking, right? It's um, we're reading that in John, right? Um, but he refers back to, uh, I forget exactly where now, but he refers back to, um, you know, the mountain shall be, um, humbled, humbled. The, the valleys will be raised. The crooked roads shall be straightened. The rough roads shall be smooth. Um, which is talking about different, um, like the, the prideful, the low income or the, the poor, the um liars and then i forget the other one exactly and then just like how everything you know everything we're looking to to um accomplish here on earth is to build equality or equity right and so of course i i think it's a honorable pursuit but to do that without or in um apart from god is impossible i think yes i say i say yes to that and i say that's that's valuable and i I, that's that's so important but again to do that apart from god is impossible because everything is possible with god well how can we everything is impossible yeah i forgot how god said it but um everything is is possible with me all things are possible all things are possible with christ who strengthens me and and then Jesus says that the only way to the Father is through me. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, with God, nothing is impossible for me. Or, or how do you say it? I want to be accurate. Are, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. Well, in the Old Testament, doesn't it say something about that as well, or is that New Testament? That is a New Testament verse. 
Okay. Um, Old Testament. Look, I, I was just. I, I think was you're thinking of like maybe Joshua. I'm or? thinking, yeah. Because I'm trying to make that connection that 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 God said this, and then Jesus concrete concretized it. Or Jesus fulfilled it, or fulfilled Jesus? it rather. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a. Yeah, I, I'm maybe I'm. Mis- I need a buzzword. Uh, guided here. Huh? <laughs> no, hold on, it, hold on. It was I'm... something about um. It was I I could have sworn something in the Old Testament, maybe like Exodus or some, maybe even Genesis. Um, give me a key phrase. Gosh, I'm just gonna search this. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it myself. <laughs> if you want to take take it from here while I'm doing no. it, no, no, because they're gosh, Lee. it's ringing. It's ringing bells. It's just. I mean, I have a, a resource out here. Okay, I see a lot of, yeah. Matthew says, uh, Matthew 19, verse 26 says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. With God all things are possible. All things are possible. So that, that's New Testament. I could have sworn. Huh. Let me go to, that was King James. Let me go to NASB. B. Yeah, with people this is impossible. With God all things are possible. Huh. So yeah, that was my point. Thank you. Isaiah forty one ten. Oh, right here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I messed you up. Go ahead. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Is that where? Isaiah. Isaiah forty one hmm. ten. Jeremiah thirty two seventeen. O Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm nothing is too hard for you yeah job so, yeah job 42 2 i know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted no we're we getting colder warmer is anything too hard for the lord at the appointed time i will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. That's very specific. I don't yes. think that's what you were looking for. No, but that Genesis was it. Genesis 18? That was, that was it. That was it? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. I think that was it. Yes, thank you so much. For those curious that. where I'm looking, it's Apple. Sorry, Apple. Apple. Sponsored by Apple. Openbible.info. That was it. One thank of you. resources thank that you. we yeah, use you on, would find it. At, uh, on the show for uh, scripture, for those that are curious. It's a great on. search engine, great uh, database for yeah different buzzwords, so, keywords. So, so that exactly, yeah. And then I, uh, I was hoping to be able to connect that. I'm glad that it was the verse that I didn't think it was. Yeah. And then you said, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, that was a long-winded, um, roundabout way to say that um, everything that we want to accomplish here on Earth. Because if we study, if anyone studies scripture, then we know that we do have a heavenly, heavenly body and that the Holy Spirit is a down payment for the heavenly body, um, which Jesus is establishing in, in heaven. And um, going back to Adam and Eve, that's that's where they lost their heavenly bodies through the eating of the knowledge of uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And and now the our our mission i guess you could say in life is to be able to um be reconnected back reestablish that to be um well god's mission 
is to be able to bring us back to that. Um, but I think when I think we we talked about this on uh, Wednesday, a Bible study about the, how the the law was written on every man's heart, right? That, yeah, it plays into the car consciousness, right? Conscious. So, so we know we and and there's another verse that that speaks about how we have a longing for eternity, right? And I and I remember it was it Michael Schumer or um, the other guy Peter Bergoges Bergoja. They they criticized that, or um, even I think Sam Harris. They criticized this idea that, huh? Every time I hear that name, oh oh, Sam Harris, oh oh. Every and um, they criticized that idea that oh they're they're looking for the afterlife that they're more concerned about that than they are about the here and now, right? And I I I I was annoyed in a sense by that criticism because I didn't think that was accurate. I just didn't have scriptural. Um, evidence, right. if you will, to back that up. So now that I can say this um, confidently, that obviously the point is to, from John's ministry to Jesus' ministry, is to repent of our sins, to be um, baptized by water, to be able to receive the Holy Spirit, which is that down payment for our heavenly body. Which means what? Which means that we need to abide by God's truth and, and Jesus's um, truth and and His, you know. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man come to the Father but by me. Abide to in be me, assault, you. you know, to be on uh, assault on the earth, to be salt on the earth, to love thy neighbor as yourself, to um, turn the other cheek, to bless your um, those who persecute you. Um, he literally died on the cross to forgive everyone, even those who persecuted him. And what that means is that the way we're living our life here and now matters. It, it's it not can, cheap. It, yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it directly correlates and it directly connects to that idea of eternity. It's not like, it's not like that. That's like the aim. That's what we're all aiming at. It's not that that's more important necessarily. It's very important. It's just that what we're doing now is going to matter. It's the, it's the little things again. It's those little things that are going to make that big difference for us in the long term in eternity. So I think their criticism is ill-founded and um, and, fa- and found in error. But who knows if they're, if I'll ever have a discussion with them or if they'll ever hear this. But I think it's important to point that out because it's good. It's good that we hear the criticism. It's important. That was um, Nietzsche's um, biggest. Um, I know his biggest criticism was that Christianity fell at its own feet, essentially because of, of the, um, the high price for truth. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also he understood that it was our doing that killed God essentially. Yeah. I know he gets a lot of, a lot of, uh, hate mail. He gets a lot of hate mail. Hate mail, yeah, no, for the idea that because he said God is dead, but I think Peterson clarified it right, saying that he wasn't he wasn't saying that in a celebratory way or fashion. He was saying that, like you said, as in, as as a matter of fact, that the culture, the people, in our own ideas, our own pursuits of whatever, that we kind of brushed we brushed it off. We brushed off the idea that there is a God and that God is involved in our. 
you said earlier, principles and our culture and what we what is it that gives us meaning? You know, what what is what are we giving meaning to? Is that what is that centered centered around? Mm-hmm. You're saying if it's centered around truth, then then right, that's that's going to be a lot easier to to navigate through, for lack of a better for lack of a better term. Um, no, it's interesting you said something about the kingdom and how I was listening to Chuck Smith and he was talking a little bit about the end time end time and just the, a little bit yeah um, so he harked on how the the millennial reign of Christ how we're going to be judges we're going to be governors we're going to so like he kind of alluded to what you were saying about whatever you're doing here on earth during your time here and whatever God appoints you towards or gives you the authority to, you know, be a parent, be a husband, he's giving you some kind of role or responsibility that that's actually going to play a role, like you're saying, afterwards in that millennial reign because we're all going to be a part of it. We're all going to be involved at some point or another because it kind of goes in line with the um, with the parable, right, of the ta- of excuse me, of the talents and how the there was a doesn't it, doesn't the master refer to the the wicked servant as, so, as somebody that just put it, he just tucked it away he put it he put away the opportunity he put away the um gosh how would you put it that's the not the talent in monetary sense but the talent of like ability um he put that away so that he wouldn't get in trouble, so to speak. Because like really quick, Matthew 25, uh, 20, verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Mm-hmm. Is that interesting? Like, like this whole, how would you put it? When we're kingdom minded, when we have that intentionality, like you're saying, like, what is it that we're doing here? Is this, we're, we're kind of tapping into eternity. Like you said, the Holy spirit is the down payment for us for eternity. But just as much, whatever you've been given here, that's going to play a role, you know, later on in, in, in like, you, like you were learning in, in Sunday school, or Sunday school, Wednesday, Wednesday night Bible study, how we're all lear- yearning for that body, the new creation, the new, the new body, our heavenly body. We have no idea what that looks like, what that completely, you know, what it, that entails, but that's also a part of this. It's also a part of like 
right? Like the people right now that are protesting, they're demonstrating, like they're crying out for for justice. They don't know what that looks like. They don't know, you know, as President Eliseo has alluded to, like they don't know what that means for them. But they, they know that there's a need there. It's just, you know, this is a spiritual issue and we're trying to solve it with earthly wisdom or earthly solutions, you know, carnal solutions for lack of a better term. But yeah, interesting anyway, for at least yeah, come to see it anyway. They don't know because it's, it's, it's gotta be personal to them. Right. If we think about how, um, God calls on us individually and it's customized the faith the pa- the faith part right the, the faith we've yes. all called we've all been called to our own walk our own journey in our own lives right so if you think about it this way that um that we are we are his collaborators in in establishing his will and um establishing his kingdom but it's very particular to each individual that he speaks to and and those who obey that um word live out that you know, abide by that faith, right? Now, in the same way that everyone's um, speaking about injustices are speaking about injustices, I want to say as equivalent to like speaking about the kingdom. Because what they're saying is we want to be able to establish the will of, I don't know what, the injustice of, of equity, right? Of of um, equality. We want to establish that that um, will. We want to establish that kingdom of equality. And the problem I see, in uh, what's 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 creating that, as Eli, um, Pastor Eliseo says, that that's uh, creating that that spirit of confusion, is that it's not customized. Everyone's kind of um, reiterating, echoing what everyone else is saying. The black squares, the the chants, the attire, the, the thought process, the the words, the language, the behaviors, they're all kind of in lockstep with one another versus like, well, what does this mean for me? How am I living out equality or justice in my individual life based on my personality, my interest, my um, circle of influence? What does that look like in my family? For me to, you know, use my talents and my skills and my abilities in the way that I know how and and how God created me to do that, to be able to establish, if you will, those equalities, those that the equity that they're looking for. So I wonder if it's if it's the case that they're not using the customization, the individuality of what we would call faith to be able to bring about what they're what they're crying out for in the same way that we cry out for um peace and love and and everything that we see in scripture but is perhaps more manageable because we're able to do so in conjunction or um the main equation is faith the main um denominator or the main factor is faith so when when things become lockstep, when everything becomes uniformity, then that's where confusion arises. 
Universality. Universality. Yeah. Because then what happens is that we're not having the discussions that we need to have. We're not having the, the conversations. We're not having the dialogue that's necessary to 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 bring out the confusion that's in our own lives because we all have that. So so speaking on since we're on Matthew 25 speaking on individuality, right? Now we understand that salvation is personal. It's a personal journey to faith. Um this is what in, in Jesus's story this is what he says about um to one of the the good servants, the faithful servants. Verse 23, Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hmm. So, I'm just, I'm just fixated on this whole idea that faith has to be a part of the conversation too. Part of our process in our own selves as individuals. And like you said, like, There's something about that, right? You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And then he adds to it at the very end, enter into the joy of your Lord. So in other words, because he was faithful, because he, like you you alluded to earlier, he operated under faith and not sight because that was part of the equation. And And he actually acted out on it, right? It affected his behavior, his choices. Then he had that communion with God. He had that relationship where there was joy, the joy of the Lord. So like, that's interesting. Like, like, you know, cause that maybe, maybe I'm starting to see that now as, as where it says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So when we please him, we enter into that, that joy of the Lord where the joy of the Lord is not, it's not an emotion. It's, uh, okay. What? Okay, is it safe to say that when operating via faith, we are operating via in the Sabbath? We were talking about this over text, right? That faith is God's word, right? When God speaks, God is spirit. We hear God speak. And if we abide by that, what we got here, um, what, if we abide by what God, we hear God telling us, and we live that out, that's called faith, and we will, we will, um, we will know them by their fruits, right? We will evidence, we'll be able to see the evidence of that. Now, we made the the. Let's say we we equated that to God, uh, Jesus, being the incarnation of God's word. So, meaning that Jesus lived out faith every single day, right? Right. And he... I only say and do what the Father tells me. I only say and do what the Father tells me. It's not me. You can credit God, the Father, to, for everything that I do. So, he worked on the Sabbath. Not necessarily worked on the Sabbath because... Well, he didn't work to gain. He didn't work to gain. On the Sabbath. He worked as in generosity, giving of... You know. In obedience to what his father was telling right. him. So if we are living out in obedience to what our father is telling us, what God is telling us, 
then there's no way that we could ever not be in the Sabbath. And I know we've had the discussion before. So would it make sense for Jesus to say that like, or for Jesus to, to not necessarily follow those like stringent laws that during his days were established by men? Because right, if he was abiding by what his father was telling him. He couldn't operate, right. He, he couldn't operate outside of the Sabbath. Right, because God's requirement or standard was the Ten Commandments. And then in order, for, in man's eyes, right, in their own, how does it, how does it go? The own, their own uh, understanding or sense of righteousness, justice, like we were talking about, people are crying out for justice and righteousness. For them, their interpretation or their application, I should say, was right. It was because, well, in order to, for us to fulfill these laws, we need these other laws to help us along the way to to better define it. Because what does it mean to work on the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like they weren't open. They weren't listening to what God was requiring each and every one of them. Like how we can see um, in the life of Abraham. Right, he's the father of faith, and it says it was credited to his his uh, his believing God, trusting God, was credited to him as righteousness, because he didn't have right, he didn't have the law, he didn't have that understanding of that um, written down on on tablet. I was gonna say paper, but no, he had it on tablet, not a real tablet, twenty twenty tablet, yeah, a, a tablet ancient, of stone, yeah. <laughs> confusing but right he operated under that not perfectly obviously but he operated under that you're saying about jesus he operated under that same mind frame of this is my life and it's a lamp that i'm relying on god's word and i can only see a few steps ahead i can't see you know it's not a uh spotlight it's not you know uh car headlamp headlight where i can see you know 50 yards or what have you into the future ahead of me that's not how it works like and the lamp has to be in front of me in order for me to keep going i can't put it behind me you know if i want to keep going forward i can't put it on my side because i think there might be an animal there or something there making a strange noise no it has to be in front of me guiding me right and we see that fulfillment that way of thinking that um i guess mo with like you're saying with jesus where he operated not not by abiding in these extra rules these extra laws that man had created in his own understanding his own wisdom like you said like it was actually that faith because i don't know if we want to go past the video (laughs) maybe or do you want to pause it can we pause it? Yeah, I can stop it. Yeah. Wait, so you're out of memory? Battery. Oh. It's all right. Three, two, one. So. Oh, that's another one. Thank you. That sign. <laughs> Grateful, thankful, blessed. And that's a huge part of the equation that I'm seeing with this whole thing yeah because okay so like like you're saying we're we're crying out for for justice for peace 
for all these different things, right? And and they are granted, they are warranted, right? There are it's understandable. So in in the context of being grateful or thankful, you have everything you need. Hmm. So you have everything you need in in the context of Christianity of having like you're saying like you have you're living by faith that sense of having everything you need is not going to put you in a position where where you're seeking more than than what you need I don't know if that's the right way to put it but I was thinking about that the other day and how like I mean I'm it sounds like I'm tuning my own horn, but it's a good analogy. So Grace had asked me what what was my birthday past last last month. And she asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And maybe because of COVID nineteen and just, you know, the totally different lifestyle that we're all living under and there was all the craziness that happened with George Floyd and police brutality and like yeah, it makes me think, right? What what actually matters and what's what's worth pursuing, what's, you know, true, what's and anyway, so she asked me like she's like, "Oh, well, really? Like, what do you want for your birthday?" And I'm like, "I'll have to get back to you because I have no idea like how to even answer that right now." And she asked me again, and I was like, "I don't need anything." <laughs> like, I don't need anything, and do I want something? Sure, but it is not at the forefront of my mind. Maybe because that's like, like I said, the climate. There's a lot of tension, a lot of stress going on. But I'm like, thought about it. And I'm like, I'm good. Like I don't, I don't, you know. <laughs> I guess that I don't. I don't mean to toot my own horn. I just because I was just thinking about it. I'm like, there's so much craziness going on, and and yeah, there's things I like, but just realizing like. I don't, I'm in a place in right now in my life. It might not always be this way. probably won't be, but I was in a place where I'm like, I don't need anything. And that desire for wanting something, I'm like, I, I can't tell you. Cause I have no, like, I haven't put any thought into it. I haven't like felt like the, that thought, that desire of like, oh yeah, like this would be cool. I mean, I had like a bike in mind. I already ha- I have a bike, but it's, it's, um, it's lacking. It's an old bike, but um, but no, yeah. I was just like when she told me that, and I was like, I was like, let me get back to you. And I was thinking, and like things going on. Anyway, so I, and I just kind of came to that like realization of like we have everything we need, and what an understanding is that God's our provider. God's you know the center of of everything. It's like yeah, like that that mind frame is like not there anymore. It's not, I mean, it's there, but it's just not at the forefront. It's no longer like consuming us or it's no longer like, it's no longer, it's no longer uh, occupying enough space. You in just our put it on head. the shelf yeah. on, the high, on the top shelf, lower shelf. I don't know the, which one's the hierarchy, the, the, the attic. Cause I, I know, basement. The, I know the low man on the totem pole is actually more significant than the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, right? Look at that. Yeah. Wisdom. 
Yeah. The base, the foundation. Man, I was gonna go somewhere else with this, but too, but I, I. Ah, he was just so caught up in tuning his own horn. Sorry, people. <laughs> when you toot your own horn, this is what happens. No, it's not what I. <laughs> it's not what I had in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we were all so great as you, man. Hey, man, <laughs> my birthday was on quarantine, you know, and I, it's not like I could go out and take my friends out and and you know and have, have dinner a little together or, or. You know, I got. It was nice. I got uh, video messages. That was really we cool. went through it actually. And oh, you did? I was a little self-conscious about ours, and it turned <laughs> wait, out wait, to wait. be okay. Mister Mister at the crossroads podcaster got self-conscious about his own recording. Hello, so I was very <laughs> like, oh man, I totally botched it. Because actually, what I really wanted to say when I text you, uh, oh, I knew, what, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I should have said about favorite memory. It was um, the time when we were recording, and you said that your um, coworker. Or you asked your coworker like, "Who are you gonna vote for?" <laughs> and I didn't actually ask him like that. It just came out. That way. <laughs> but he, you didn't actually. Yeah, it was in the recording where you said it that way, and uh, that was a, a beautiful moment because uh, totally broke the ice for us. Totally, totally just set set us on the right course after that moment <laughs> because um, it was a beautiful moment. So yeah, it was it was funny because I thought about it after. I was like, "Oh my gosh," because it's like. There's like it's it was funny to it was cool to see like your family, especially Stephen, right? Mm-hmm. When he when he did his little like playing with the quarantine oh mask. like um I really wanted to tell you this this thing and his wife's like oh you're masking like blah, 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 blah. and then his and then he did like the it was like a bit thing yeah. you know and I was like that's awesome that was so smart and like creative and I just loved that that was I mean in my opinion probably like the best one but like uh, don't want to. There was a lot of there was a lot of beautiful words being said. Like I'm not gonna say n- none of them were good. I just thought that was like really creative. Stood you know? out the cool one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a lot of touching words and and it was it was beautiful to see that. Okay, Indivi- that's individuality, right? Everyone there wasn't like a formula. There wasn't like a set yeah. playbook, a rule, or there was none there of was that. There was two questions. It was just two questions. That was it. That was it. You could take as much time as you wanted on them. But like you said, people's people's genuine reaction to that question, authenticity, authenticity was there, and that's and that and that's something that maybe that's lacking right now with our conversations that we're having. That's funny or because these really heavy, yeah, really heavy topics. Actually, it's funny because there was one I forget who it was, but um, they're like, okay, there's two questions. All right, so first question, like. And like really was like on 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 the book about it. Some people were just like talking like your sister, just <laughs> was, rambling. She was just on, talking just like driving. And she turned into Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah, it was like it, 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 it totally did. Complaining about driving. Oh my gosh, it was it was awesome. But yeah, it was totally like everyone took um took it and ran with it basically. Mm-hmm. But there was like some people who wanted to like follow the rules more closely. Right, and. I don't know. It's just interesting because there's like there's those people who want to like, oh, I gotta be right. I have to follow the um, the book or I have to what is it like do it by the book. Do it by the book, yeah. And there's some that kind of do it um, a little bit more free will, if you will. Uh, free range. Free range, and not that, not that that either of them are good or bad. It's just interesting that those characteristics come out within that space. Right? Yeah, and it, and it was it was literally just hey say something and you can i think i think the instructions even said like you can answer both 
one of them, whatever you want to do, you know, free mm-hmm. range here. And it was just, yeah, that's interesting that you, that you, um, that you mentioned that everyone was very individualistic about it. Even in, even in the sense that like some people were a little free range about it and, and it still was very different. And there were some people who were like more by the book, but that was still different too. So it's interesting, you know, huh? Even something as simple as that, there's some truth to be um, found and that's beautiful. Even like, okay, if you think about comedy, you know, there's that, that genre of comedy, but co- comedic comedy, um, Comedians are very different. They're not crea- created equal, right? They're not created equal. They're, they have their different styles. They're different methods. Think some people about podcasts. don't. Some people don't swear. In yeah, there's people who don't swear. They're not vulgar. They don't bring up you know certain topics. You think about podcasts; they're all different. They all have their own thing, and it's just the ones that that. It's interesting though. Like there's some that are very very popular, just depending on like the person, right? And we we're talking about earlier how like Chuck Smith, I, I really like his voice. And it's like soothing and, and, and it's like appetizing. You want to listen to more of it. And it's and it's about that person. It's about the voice in that person. So you want to hear more. You know what I mean? And and like obviously we there are certain people that like have maybe not the greatest voice, uh like vocal voice um, and like sp- speech, but are still like someone you, you would ask to come to like a conference to speak. Right because of just what they're saying in general. So sometimes even that, like, um, what is it? Like overcomes those, maybe those challenges that you would have as a, maybe your voice isn't so as clean. With that in mind, that idea in mind, that's what I might've told you, but I've been telling the people that are willing to hear me out. Is, is that, that's why free speech is so important, right? Because remember I told you something to the effect of um, in order to have a genuine conversation, you have to be able to listen to somebody or be, at least be open to hearing their ideas. Even if it doesn't matter if you dislike them, doesn't matter if you disagree with them. If you want to have a real conversation, you get, the word starts is you have to be willing to hear them out. Yeah. And, and the thing about having these genuine conversations is that you have to be willing and or open to hear bad ideas. Ideas you don't agree with, ideas you don't like, ideas you disdain. Because when you're having when you're having that interaction, you'll be able to persuade them differently. You may you'll or maybe you'll make them think differently or you maybe you'll give them a different perspective but that doesn't happen if no you be quiet we're gonna block you on social media we're gonna you know that's hate speech you you incentivize that person to continue to think the way they're thinking to not ever yeah you're just pushing them even further you're you're making them dig their heels so yeah so then you you basically tell them like you basically tell them inadvertently like they're right yeah, without, in, in a yeah, way, yeah, in indirectly, because you're, yeah, because you're saying like, I don't even want to hear you right now because your ideas are dumb, and I know I already know you're wrong. Because if it's true that the truth uh, hurts, well, then that Ooh, person is. Is that why the truth sets us free? No, I was just thinking the opposite. Like, oh, sorry. 
I was just thinking the opposite <laughs> that that oh this person really doesn't want to hear me out because I'm speaking the truth, and we all know that that it truth stings. is painful. Can, so it can't sting, yeah. So then that means I'm right. Because I mean that from the Christian perspective, right? We we know about the truth and love. Speak the truth and love. And uh, let me just go to it real quick. I don't know why I want to go to it, but that's the truth. Yeah, that's interesting, right? So when we shut down voices, we're not allowing them to be exposed. Yeah, that's so important. I, it's like the the battlefield the battlefield of ideas. You know, Rogan has harped on this multiple times that we need to combat bad ideas with or bad speech with more speech, with good speech. And that's that's the key. You want to give people the opportunity to to interact to, you know, iron sharpens iron. Now, if your iron is has not been sharp sharpened in a while, it's pretty dull. Like you're gonna expose yourself to someone who's been more open to to interact with others, to have those dialogues. So then that way they're like when you when you're in battle, um metaphorically speaking, like you're gonna be your your weapons are gonna be more um they're gonna be much stronger, more more uh, forthright. Have better quality of better armor. quality, yes. So Ephesians four verse eleven, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And then verse 16 is kind of when it brings it all together with with uh, with those in, all of us in faith. From whom the whole body joined joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Like you're saying, iron sharpening iron, right? Because it's interesting that you brought up the the full the full armor of God, the armor of God, and how like our minds are always a playground for good and bad, good and bad ideas, and how. Like, yeah, those things need to be sharpened. Those ideas, those um, principles. Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the air. Sorry, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
So when I think of that, I think like, yeah, like these these bad ideas that are that are floating in our head or not maybe not bad ideas but just incomplete or untrue right like that's not if we're not thinking it through if we're not allowing right the holy like you're saying the holy spirit to direct us to guide us then though that bad idea won't be it won't be fleshed out how else are you going to flesh out it would you know cuz isn't like hearing the word of God, right? It says that faith come comes by hearing the word of God. So if if you're not like you're saying sharpening iron sharpens iron, sharpening those these tools, these these uh, different pieces of armor, you're not hearing the word. You're not you know biting in it. You're not studying. You're not you know listening. You're not reading. But yeah, like it's going to be lacking like that that skill set that tool these are tools essentially right yeah if that's not a part of you if you're not honing that in then of course like it says the 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 fiery darts of the air of the darts of the arrows of the enemy they will be effective so it's it's like it's going something's going on in the spiritual realm the unseen world and then it's also going on with how we interact with each other mm-hmm. too where if truth isn't the common denominator, then yeah, like you're gonna end up in a place that it's gonna be a big mess, my friend. Now as you were saying that, it it brought up to mind um something I was trying to look up earlier today. Um now I don't know the full context of John eight but um from verses 40 to about like 45. I believe this is Jesus. And it says that, but as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand? What am I saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, and you do not want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer. Oh, sorry. Let me let me start over. Verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth... Why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. Right, because that plays into Isaiah, right? And God's saying, come, let us reason together. So, again, like you have these 
thoughts, these ideas, how do you know if they're good or not? How do you know if 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 it's a plan you're coming up with? How do you know that's going to work? I, that's what I was hearing. I told you about the Jordan Peterson debate with uh, uh, Slava Zizek. Yeah, remember the that guy, that guy, the guy. Yeah, I but never listened to those. You haven't. Um, I didn't. Uh... So Peterson, he kind of plays with that idea with the Communist Manifesto with um, Marx and uh, Hegel. Yeah, because he's saying he's like part of part of being a thinker is yes, coming up with ideas, but then also critiquing those same ideas. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know if what you're creating might be a complete disaster. You have to actually like think it through, doubt yourself. You have to doubt. Even even if you were to receive criticism here and there, you have to, you know, put these ideas through the fire and see what comes out of it. Because, I, I mean, the Bible kind of alludes to that too, that we're going to be put through the fire and refined like, like, like gold. Like there's impurities in that gold sometimes that need to be taken away. And I think that that's the same thing that happens to us when, like he's saying, like Jesus is saying here, like, no, actually, you're, you guys are uh, children of the devil and <laughs> totally putting them, putting them on blast. <laughs> yeah, that would, that, that would not be poli- politically Telling correct to say. that he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. That is a really hard pill to, hard pill to swallow. What stood out to me also um, when he said about, yeah, he speaks from his own nature. When he, Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yikes. It's basically saying that he, he cannot, he cannot. Um, he has no other operating yeah. system. He, his heart, he's hardwired to lie. In some way, in some sense, like. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Not like it, it's it's. I was gonna say in some sense he's like giving him um, um, some leeway, but not necessarily. Hmm. Not necessarily. He's just stating what is true. What is, what is fact essentially? I guess you could say. But what is what is true? Which is really really important. Yeah. And then in 51, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And I was going to bring that up earlier, too, that um, I forget where it is. It says that, like, any man that is willing to give his life for me, I believe, or for, like, Jesus, will have um, eternal life. Mm -hmm. Which is really interesting. Instead of, like, taking another life it's that willingness to to give your life for god for jesus that is what is going to give you eternal life i don't know i i'm so like well because you could you could play with that, that a little bit and and maybe take it literally you can also take it metaphorically or figuratively where that that's why it says to take up your cross and deny yourself daily so whatever life you had in mind before Christ or without Christ, maybe you had some aspirations, maybe you had these goals in mind. 
following Christ equates that you're willing to put that on the table mm. to sacrifice and maybe you still get some of that maybe you don't but ultimately like how it says God works to good in all things God works good oh, I can't even come up with the he works he works good for all those that love my ah. Tongue twister here, but it made me it's think. Real. Of, made me think of uh, God. Is things work together things, right? for all. God dang. In all things, for those that love Him. For those that okay, that's better. Okay, because okay, this is what comes to mind real quick. Uh, you know the Duck Dynasty family. Have you heard their story recently? What came out? Mm-mm. So the dad, Phil Robertson. When he was married originally, the first 10 years of their marriage, he was caught up in drinking and partying drugs and uh, infidelity. And and he gave his life to the Lord 10 years in. So he, at all, his, his whole... Oh, here it is. Go ahead, read it. Uh, Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Yes. That's exactly that's exactly it. So what came to mind was uh Phil Robertson. So recently uh they they announced or they introduced their sister. And he actually because of his previous lifestyle of partying, drinking and drugs, he had no memory, no recollection that at one point, he got somebody else pregnant that wasn't his wife. Wow. And he had, throughout his, like, walk with Christ, he had always said, like, nothing nothing good came out of that life, out of that old life, the old man, the old um, wineskin. Because he, he had always, like, equated, equated that period of his life or that time of his life with, just destruction, chaos, ugliness. He's like, there was nothing there that was good. There's no fruit. There was nothing there that I can, that's redeemable. And yeah, so it, it came out that this girl was like searching. Not, I shouldn't say girl, I should say woman. She's 45 now. <laughs> but yeah, she had been searching and she had done the DNA test. Not the DNA test. The I don't know if it was ancestry or... 21 me, but anyway, so she had connected with some of their like uh, distant cousins, and so anyway, anywho, long story short, yeah, it came out that that was he had fathered her during this time, and then he came to the Lord like three, two or three months before she was born, and now, now that like they've reconciled and like it's all come to light. Now he says, yeah, he's like, he quotes that verse, that Romans 8 verse, all mm. things come, you know, because he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't produce anything good from that situation, from that life. But as it turns out, you know, God now has given me a daughter that I had no idea that, you know, so it's like, it's interesting, like we create all this chaos, we create all of this turmoil and destruction and some way, somehow like God can actually bring certain things to light that we had no idea we didn't intend for, but ultimately like it's, it's good. You know, that's not to say like, if you continue living in sin or anything like that, 
obviously. Not condoning it. But yeah. ultimately, you know, God can God can bring things to under his will and his purpose, right? God can fashion some things that that we we can't we can't even imagine. We can't even fathom. Again, like the whole the whole faith faith thing, right? Like when we're that's a part of the faith that when when we lack He's actually there to like cover that. He's actually there to fill in the gap, so to speak. Repair. Yeah. Heal. Um Yeah. Actually when uh it's interesting that she she went to go seek her father and you could say was born under sin, right? Mm-hmm. And they were able to be to be reconciled together. And right. it was love that repaired on, that. On both sides. On right? both. It was reciprocal. It was voluntary. That's interesting. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. There we are. We've met again at the crossroads. Reconcile gentlemen. people. Ladies and gentlemen. Ask for forgiveness. And all things are possible. Make amends. Humble thyself. It's beautiful stuff. We all got to do that. Yeah. I got to go and... Nah. <laughs> Hey, gotta right, go right re- make right, amends. Right now, right now. Yeah, right now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. We'll see you next week. Next week. Anyways, it was a fun <laughs> one, Lee. Yeah, this one it, it took some turns that I wasn't expecting, but altogether it was it was fun. It was good. Yeah. Again, thanks. Thank you all for uh, listening, and uh, as always, let us know how we're doing, and um, we'll see everyone next week. Good night, everyone. Amen. Good night.